Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Maverick Cast. I am back. I am Jason. I am John. I'm Jolene. And I'm Bridget. We get to talk about Colorado College, trip out to the southern part of the state, and a quick trip home because that was a disaster. Yeah, that certainly wasn't what we were expecting. I picked a sweep on last week's episode. Jolene picked a sweep. Bridget picked a tie and a win. So Jolene, what did you think about Friday night's game going in that first period? What did you think about how the Mavs played? They definitely came out slow. We let them get a a lead again, but then I was pretty confident in the second because we came back, we were playing better, and then we kind of let up again. And unfortunately, you know, once it got to 5-4, you know, that was kind of the end of it. In that first period, we were down two to nothing. You hate to be on the road and spot a team, a two-goal lead. But late in the first, Johnny Tyconic, Johnny Rockets, cut the lead two to one uh, with assist Tyler Weiss, Jack Randall. That was a great goal for UNO in the last two minutes of the period. Gave them some momentum going into the second period. And then the second period, it looked like we were going to roll again. It looked like this was going to be a period like Friday night against Western Michigan at Baxter Arena the previous weekend. But Hunter McCown, the player I I said I was going to be watching this weekend, Hunter McCown gets a goal 48 seconds into that third period. And that really, I felt, was kind of a a momentum killer for UNO. I really wish that we'd been able to hold that 3-2 to lead at that point. I've said it all year. This is is what you deal with when you deal with a young team is that yo-yo effect that pinball around the tennis match of we're up and we're down and we're good and we're not it's just it's an extremely difficult way to try to find a win um you've got to put together consistent effort i know i've heard uh gabinet talk about this on you know some of the media outings and stuff like that is you know he's looking for guys to not have good shifts but have good games Um, and we really just, we didn't see that. We didn't really see anyone top to bottom that had consistent performance. I would agree with that. Now, Bridget, what are your thoughts? You look at, you know, the aforementioned Hunter McCown got three goals in that period. It really was. He owned that period. He got one 48 seconds in, he got one four fourteen in Colorado college goes up four to three at that point. I, I felt like we were chasing CC for most of this game. I thought the transition game improved a bit during the second period. It seemed like we were stuck trying to get out of our defensive zone for most of the game. But what did you think about that? Well, early in the game, I tweeted my three keys to the game, which was score first, which they didn't, uh, stay out of the box, which they didn't, and play all 60 minutes, which they didn't. And again, you know, that second period, they were great. And then they came out slow in the third and they paid for it because you just can't give a player like Hunter McHale that kind of opportunity, especially on the power play. So uh, it was exactly what I expected if they didn't follow my three keys to the game. <laughs> uh, Ty Mueller tied it up 819 into the third period. He very nearly had a second goal on the power play a few moments later, but it went off the post. I thought Caden, uh, and Barico for uh, 
Colorado College played well in nets. But as Jolene mentioned a few moments ago, the Mavs lose six to four, not a game any of us were happy about. I know from the text thread that we had going that none of us were particularly amused. But going into Saturday night, I think we were all hopeful that the Mavs would come in and salvage a split. What did you think, Jolene, about the play during that first period for the Mavs on Saturday night? You know, I thought that they looked better than they did on Friday night. Um, we were getting out of the zone a little bit better, but we just we just couldn't find the back of the net. Um, but we definitely played better, better defense, kept them from scoring, but we could not find the back of the net. How about you, Jason? What did you think? Yeah, I mean, when you go into a second tilt like that, you know, especially with the way that Cairo College played on on Friday night, that you know their communication to their their players and stuff was going to be, we need to play better. You know, we got lucky that we we won our horse race, but we can't win games like that against this team. Everyone knows that Omaha has got a, a tendency to score in in bunches, and and so they had to play better defensively. And Saturday's game comes down to who adjusts better, you know, which team says, you know, we need to change something up or do something different uh, and accomplishes that goal. And the fact was that Barico played way better for Colorado College on Saturday than Friday. We had better goaltending too, uh, but defensively, like our, our outlets are still pedestrian. They're still slow to develop. We're not moving with speed out of the zone. Once we get out of our zone, that seems to be when we pick up our pace. Uh, and we've got to find a way to have that pace in our own zone to get us out into neutral zone and kind of slingshot us through. We didn't sustain particularly, I think kind of the middle, that, that middle part of the first into the second, like we didn't sustain a lot of pressure. Uh, we got hemmed into our zone a few times and, and just, that led to Cairo College's goal in the second period. And then when we're behind, they just kept playing their game, thinking that their goalie was going to backstop them, and he did. Uh, agree with all the assessments above. I thought also uh, we were dumping the puck in a lot, uh, so it felt like we were chasing quite a bit, giving them a lot of puck possession time. They were really moving it around a lot better than we were. And uh, like you said, you know, just – not trying to get that garbage goal, just trying to be fancy and, and make all kinds of plays. And it just wasn't working for us. And, uh, you know, you're going to pay for, for nights like that. Yeah, there were moments where it felt like they were trying to get another one of those highlight reel goals uh, like Camberg had in that Friday game against Western Michigan last weekend. And uh, sometimes you just got to put the puck on net. We outshot Colorado College. 40 to 18 during that Saturday night game. But like Jolene said uh, a few moments ago, we just didn't have a lot of puck luck during this game. And the sole goal was our, was our uh, good friend, Hunter McCown, who came into this game uh, leading the nation in power play goals. He gets the goal. One goal was all it took to end up victorious in this game and get the series sweep. And so they sweep the Mavericks, this was not the result that we were hoping for coming in after a sweep of Western Michigan. So the Mavs are currently 8-8-2, eight, 4-5-1 eight and and in the conference race. They finished with, I think, a pretty decent finish for the first half, but certainly not the way we wanted to cap the first half of the season. So 
I've got to ask everybody, who's your player of the weekend? I'll start with you, Bridge. Who did you like this weekend as far as your player of the weekend for the Mavs? Well, there were a lot more to choose from on Friday night, that's for sure. Um, but I got to go with, uh, as you put it, Mr. Dependable, Jack Randall, uh, who had a goal and an assist on Friday night. He's a bright spot for this uh, Mav team, even in the loss. Uh, had a chance on Saturday night as well that didn't make it into the back of the net, unfortunately. But uh, as we pointed out on Twitter, you made note of the stat that he has more goals in this season than he had in his previous three years of his career. So I hope that he continues to produce in the second half of the season. And I really wish he would have been able to produce on Saturday night. Yeah, that's a great pick again. Uh, always a steady and dependable pick for us to pick. Jolene, who did you like this weekend? I know you picked Simon Lacozzi last weekend, and he was in the lineup again. He's allowed, He allowed one goal each of the two games he's played the last two weekends. So pretty decent performance for the freshman goaltender. But who do you like this weekend? Yeah, Lacozzi definitely had another good game, only letting in that one. Um, I joked uh, on our text thread last night that I was going to pick the CC goalie because, you know, he just – took that game on Saturday, but uh, I guess I had to pick you no player. So uh, I think I'm going to go with uh, Johnny Tetronic. Um He started off our scoring on Friday night, you know, without that goal, that could have been a really different game. It could have gone downhill really fast. Um, you know, he, he scored, got us back in the game, had some good plays on the weekend. So Tychonic's my pick for this weekend. Four goals and nine assists on the season. And, uh, I, you know, I'm glad he had a good weekend. It was tough. So, yeah, Johnny Tyconic, good weekend for him. Good pick, Jolene. Jason, I'm interested in who you're going to pick. Jason, Jason's the analytical voice of reason on here. <laughs> he may not pick. This may be a first. Jason might not pick anybody on the weekend. I'm going to be interested to see who he picks as his player of the weekend or who he doesn't pick as his player of the weekend. Yeah, you know, we have our we have our little text thread and I'm like, I don't know that I can do it. It's really hard because and it's like the thing is, is it's not that anyone was really bad, but no one was actually really good either. So it's kind of like, you know, I've always strived with my pick to pick someone who's had more than, you know, one good play. Right. It's not that just the guy that scores. It's not the guy that gets, you know, one assist or something like you try to look for even if they're not on the stat sheet, you know, consistent production, like we talked about, you know, we're looking for guys that are, are developing and, and, and getting better and top to bottom, the team regressed. Like the power play was okay. It wasn't great. The penalty kill was okay, but it wasn't great. I think we were 20% on the weekend. So, I mean, it's good. It's just not great. And that's, I kept going through everything going, well, it was good, but it wasn't great. Like, Gavin had great, some great plays on Friday and then the bonehead move in front and you give him a goal because you don't move. You, you never go into the house, the, the space in front of the net without knowing where your outlet was. And he clearly didn't know where his outlet was and the puck gets stolen and ends up in the back of our net. Cause it's right there. Like you just, you, sh you've got to know better than that. You've got to know at this level, not to do things like that or to have your plan B going into that position and so it's like, I see those things. And I'm just like, I wanted to pick you. And then you do something like that. And now I don't want to pick you anymore. <laughs> so I, I struggled a lot. I think I was told in the chat, 
that uh, I get Weiss as a default. So I'm going to take Weiss because, I mean, he was okay. <laughs> but quite honestly, like, just assign me someone and I'll be okay. Well, that was a ringing endorsement. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've been talking recently about how we should pick Tyler Weiss. And then Jason, by default, picks Tyler Weiss because I suggest you pick Tyler. <laughs> so, Tyler, we love you. So... There you go. There you go. Who's your pick, John? I'm going to go with sophomore forward Ty Mueller. He had a tying goal at 819 in the third period on Friday that made the score four to four. And he very nearly had a power play goal uh, um, a minute or two later uh, when UNO was on the power play. Uh, CC went to the box for tripping. So I'm going to go with Mueller. I thought he also had a lot of opportunities on Saturday night, but the team just didn't have any puck luck. So yeah, I got to go with Mueller in this instance. This was a, this was a tough series, but uh, all things considered, I think a decent start to the first half of the season. Uh, but, uh, but we'll just have to see how things go going into the second half. Hey Maverick fans, you're invited to the puck drop before the ball drops here for our first ever New Year's Eve party at Baxter Arena following the Omaha vs. St. Lawrence game at 8 o'clock. Hey, it might not be Times Square, but we have dollar beverages inside of Baxter Arena before puck drop and also a dueling pianos performance throughout the game and a full show post-game. And a free open skate down the ice after the game. Come ring in the New Year at Baxter Arena. There's no better place to be. You'll see the ball drop and you get a cheer on your Omaha Mavericks. So get your tickets now. We'll see you on New Year's Eve. We have an exciting event that UNO has planned for the December 31st game, which starts at 8.07 p.m. at Baxter Arena. UNO is going to have a New Year's Eve celebration during the game and after the game at Baxter Arena. You can stay and watch the ball drop. There's going to be refreshments. There's going to be entertainment. Bridge, I know you took some notes before this episode, because I asked you to take notes about this before the episode. So someone on this podcast has to be responsible. (laughs) So Bridge, what do you got as far as details go on the New Year's Eve celebration at Baxter Arena? Because this is a first. They've never done this uh, before for a UNO game. Normally we go watch the game and then we're done and we get to uh, get to go home or go out or do whatever we want to for New Year's Eve. So what, what do you got for us? Well, you kind of stole my thunder there because I was going to say this is a first for UNO hockey. Uh, there's a lot of other teams that are doing New Year's Eve games and they start at four o'clock. And we've certainly done that in the past, uh, even at Baxter Arena. But this is the first time uh, that we are going to get to ring in a new year with Maverick Hockey. And it's kind of exciting for us as uh, fans and hopefully for the team as well. The game starts at 8.07 p.m. They're going to have dollar beers. Uh, Sometime, I'm hopeful, after the game, they're going to have dueling pianos, although, you know, maybe they'll do it during intermission. I have no idea. Um, They mentioned a ball drop at midnight, skating on the ice after the game, uh, champagne toasts. And Jolene and I are really hoping that they have some sparkling cider. Uh, We'll say for the kids, but I'm going to say for this girl. Yeah, Bridget and I don't drink alcohol. So I remember when that was first announced, Jolene, uh, Jolene mentioned that. So Jolene, what do you think about this New Year's Eve celebration? Excited for it? Looking forward to it? Any suggestions for the event? They've got a few weeks, a uh, few weeks to plan here. 
Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I think it sounds like a lot of fun. You know, hopefully we get to see a good game. And so we have a lot to celebrate in addition to New Year's Eve. I'm a little curious about how the logistics work of, you know, skating on the ice. Do you get a leave and go to your car, get your skates, come back in? You know, they win. Do we do the celebration and then go back in? Do they do the celebration on the ice? Kind of how's that work? Um, Like Bridget mentioned, yeah, they said champagne. Great. But, you know, let the kids celebrate. Maybe have some sparkling apple juice or sparkling grape juice as well. I don't know. Suggestions. Uh, I would say my kid's favorite thing for New Year's Eve is jumping on bubble wrap because that makes a lot of noise and it's fun. So maybe hand out some bubble wrap. I don't know. Well, interesting tradition. And I will tell you, Jolene, we've got a a storage cabinet full of bubble wrap that we let our uh, we let our five year old nephew Anson uh, jump up and down on when he's here. So I understand the appeal of that. Now, Jason is going to be in Denver, Colorado. Jason is living his best life. He is he is traveling all over the region uh, this fall and winter. So you're going to a Colorado Avalanche game. I guess I'll ask, do the Avs have anything special planned uh, for that uh, game on the they, 31st? Yeah, they haven't announced anything yet. It doesn't surprise me. They're probably not going to do anything like skate on the ice with the Avs. That would be... Uh... That would be pretty cool. That does sound like a fun thing for everyone to partake in. And I hope you all enjoy it. Uh, I know they've done in the past, they've done uh, like those, you know, faux glasses uh, that you can wear that have some sort of branding for the team and stuff like that. Uh, I know people love that. It's usually sitting on your seat when you come into what is now Ball Arena. It used to be the Pepsi Center. And so hopefully they do something like that for you guys so that there's just something a little extra. I'd say the biggest thing just for everyone out there, please, please drink responsibly. Please do what you need to do to get home safely. Cause this night is anytime there's a hockey game on, on new year's Eve, it always just gives me the heebie jeebies. I think that's why a lot of teams do four o'clock games is we just want to get you home when there's not a bunch of drunk people on the, uh, on the roads. So please, please be safe. Usually when UNO plays this uh, December 31st game, it's earlier in the day. So be sure to drink responsibly because I know people uh, who consume quite a bit of alcohol during the game. So uh, I'm just going to be interested to see uh, what the execution is and how it goes. So, uh, so that should be fun. Our next segment, and we've reached something of a milestone on the Mad Puck cast. And sometimes uh, it's hard to believe uh, that we've made it this far because it can be a challenge uh, doing this podcast. I, I do what I can in editing to make us all sound like we're totally with it. We're totally on, but uh, some weeks and, and certainly after UNO gets swept, it's always hard to come onto the podcast and talk about the team because we don't really like to talk about negative stuff on here. We like to talk about fun and positive stuff, but this is our 100th episode of the Mav Puck cast. Uh, and it's, yeah, let's, let's all, all clap. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the 2017-18 season, and I think Jason during that season had brought up the idea of a podcast. And then over the summer, Jason kept texting me and he's like, hey, if you're interested in doing a podcast, we should start thinking about that and planning that. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to do the podcast, but I'm like, well, let's, you know what, let's give it a try. So we recorded after that exhibition game, uh, the first exhibition game of the season in uh, 2018. Uh, We went over to your house uh, out in in West Omaha, Western Douglas County, 
And uh, we recorded that first episode in Jason and Jolene's basements. And for the first two seasons, we recorded every episode of the podcast in person. So I would drive out there on Sundays, typically, to record the podcast. I guess I'd start with you, Jason. What are your thoughts on doing the podcast after all these years? I always feel bad because I feel like you guys are all my my podcast slaves now. Like I, I just make Jason, Jolene, and Bridget. I'm like, come on, guys, let's do this. And I, every week I'm like, is this going to be the week where everybody's like, you know, no, I don't think so. Just talk to the people by yourself, John. Let's <laughs> Jason, what are your thoughts after this many years and this many episodes? We had a pandemic in there that really kind of threw off the way we did the podcast. We certainly weren't able to do it in person at that point. So what are your thoughts? I'm surprised, like, I'm pleasantly surprised that, you know, it's it's gone on this long. It's been, it's been a ton of fun, but like you said, there's been a lot of stuff that uh, was kind of against us, you know, the schedule stuff with the family and kids hockey and me having to travel and, you know, your flexibility with working around that and and letting us go on those trips so that the the girls can do what they do and you know coming all the way out here and your commitment to it just uh it really gives me the drive and the passion for it but you know I was helping some people back when we started kind of set up their podcast and and lots of you know what microphone should I use and software and how you deal with uh you know apple and podcasts and Spotify podcasts and getting your stuff out there. And so I was helping with all that stuff. So when you're talking about, you know, everything that you know and your history with the team and stuff, I'm like, it's just, I really think it's something valuable to kind of put out there as content that, that everyone can listen to. And I, I love our fans. You know, I love that people challenge us. You know, I, quite honestly, I think it's awesome that you make fun of us when, you know, we do look like idiots because John can only do so much magic and, you know, most of that doesn't fix me. Uh, but yeah, you guys are all awesome. And, and I really appreciate everyone's for sticking with us through a hundred episodes. And I hope you stick with us to the next hundred. Jolene, Bridget, either of you have some thoughts as the, uh, the powers that be that are behind us. Cause I know I couldn't do this without Jolene and she's probably the brains of the operation. Um, I just, I, you know, it's been a fun, you know, from when John and, and Bridget, they would both come out and uh, Bridget would hang out with my girls and the girls think that, you know, they need to do the podcast in person again. So Bridget can come hang out while they record, but you know, it was a lot of fun to get together, you know, chat about the game. Then you guys go record and then we'd have a, you know, traditional Midwest goodbye. And we'd say goodbye for a half hour before John would get out the door <laughs> to, you know, the pandemic changing everything, figuring out like how we're going to do this in a different way. Um, from the first time that uh, we tried the video and zoom, let's, let's record that way. Um, so a lot of change in those hundred episodes, but it's been a lot of fun to watch it grow and change over the years. Yeah. Bridget, you and Jolene were the first video episode on zoom. Jason was out of town. I think he was on uh, a hockey trip with Lexi to Pennsylvania, if I recall correctly, I could be wrong on that, but yeah. I, I think I think that was the trip you were on, Jason, last season. Uh, Bridget, you get to hear me, you know, wondering every week if this thing's going to turn out okay, if I'm going to be able to get it all done in a timely manner. You also get to hear me at least, I don't know, probably a dozen times during the process saying, this is the last episode. I'm not doing this anymore. It's too hard. It's too stressful. I don't want to sound like an idiot. 
what are your thoughts on the podcast? Like Jolene mentioned, it was really nice during those first couple seasons to go out, get to know Jason and Jolene, invade their home every Sunday afternoon, uh, and really develop a great friendship. But what are your thoughts uh, on the podcast over the last four years? Because you get to listen to me talking about the podcast and stressing about it each each week during the season. Oh, I have so many thoughts. Um I do want to commend Jolene uh, for being the logistics coordinator. There's been so many times over the past 100 episodes where Jolene is, you know, hurting the the cats saying, you know, when are you going to record and putting that together? Yes, Jason. Jason is a cat, apparently. Uh, But John as well. You know, when are we going to do this? It, It really does take a team to do this. Uh, I love when Jason is on because then uh, it's a little less pressure on John to have to carry the conversation. Cause certainly when he does it with me, I'm like, well, I, I did my homework, but can you talk more? <laughs> um, so that, and I love that we're now, you know, in four separate boxes, we've come so, so far in that aspect, you know, where it was, uh, you know, John and Jason in a basement bedroom. And then now there's four of us, Uh, But John, I really just want to say for those fans out there that watch and think, oh, that, you know, that looks easy. You spend so many hours on this. um, And certainly last week was a testament to that. You know, we recorded the podcast on Sunday. Your dad was dying. Um, We made it through the podcast, went and visited with him. He died Monday morning and you spent all day Monday after we got back um, from Westgate editing the podcast, which I know had to be really hard. And that kind of speaks to the the streak aspect of our lives with UNO hockey. You know, it's the same thing with our attendance streak. You know, you get started with something and you just stick with it through thick and thin. And I just am so proud of you for getting to 100 episodes here. And I, I want all the fans to understand that this is a, a lot of work and uh, it's a lot of work for Jason. It's a lot of work for for Jolene um, and for you know them to give up their time is so much appreciated. And then, like I said, I just appreciate you and the effort that you put in, especially when you edit out all my stupid mistakes. You're right, Bridget. It takes a village and, you know, John's a, a very key part of that. And this, this thing doesn't happen without all of us. And I think a lot of people will see or listen to a podcast and I hear it a lot. Well, that seems easy. And it's, it's really not, there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, you know, this isn't a scripted thing for any of us. We don't sit here and, you know, just read through. These are honest reactions and, and that puts a lot of work on John. So John, way to go, man. Cause what you do is, is quite amazing to get this thing out every week. The first two seasons, Jason put together the entire thing. So uh, we recorded at his house. He put it all together in logic. He uploaded to all the platforms. So he uploaded to uh, our SoundCloud account, which populates an Apple podcast. And then he uploaded to YouTube. And there were certain things that we had to fix during those episodes. There were certain sound glitches that we had to troubleshoot during those episodes. And then during the pandemic, we were still recording audio, but it was a situation where Jason and I would get on FaceTime. Then we would both record. So I'd be on my phone on FaceTime. Jason would be on his phone on FaceTime. We both have headphones on. So the other person's audio didn't come through. We each recorded our separate tracks. Then I would upload my track. Jason would download the track. 
And then he would sync those two tracks. So a relatively laborious process there to try to get the best audio. There are still things that we will be improving and, uh, and uh, enhancing over time. Certainly the sound is one of the things that, uh, that I want to work on with this. And I just really appreciate all of you. And, uh, and again, it goes back to Jason at the beginning for wanting to do this uh, and, uh, and doing a great job with analysis, because I will tell you, when I do the podcast with him, um, it makes such a huge difference to have somebody who I can just say, Jason, what do you think? And then Jason just, he riffs for like a minute or two, and I can sit here and look at my computer and figure out what I want to talk about next or look up <laughs> some stat while he's talking. It makes such a big difference. So I just want to thank all of you guys. It's one of those things that I know it's hard to coordinate every week, but years from now, it's going to be fun to be able to go back and look at some of these episodes and figure out what was going on in a particular game or a particular series or some fun promotion that they did uh, that we're trying to remember. So it's a great archival thing. I just, I've rambled on too long, but I just want to thank all of you. And I'm very excited that we got here. And like Jason, here's to the next hundred episodes. Let's hope we make it, everybody. <laughs> so turning to that New Year's series, St. Lawrence comes to town. The Skating Saints come to town. We played out there last season. Uh, St. Lawrence out of the ECAC. And for those who aren't that familiar with hockey, the ECAC uh, is in the Northeast United States uh, and includes the Ivy League schools that play collegiate hockey. The Saints are currently sixth in the 12-team ECAC. Uh, they are 8-8-0 eight, eight, and oh overall. Uh, a fun fact that is a little bit sobering considering our weekend out in Colorado Springs, they swept Colorado College 5-1 and 4-1 earlier this season. They won their past three games against Princeton, Yale, and Brown should be an exciting series for UNO, a good non-conference uh, tune-up before the meet uh, of the NCHC conference schedule comes up uh, in January. Uh, player to watch, junior defenseman Luke Salem uh, leads the team in points. He has five goals and three assists on the season. And then former Mav, uh, who transferred uh, out to St. Lawrence, Forward Josh Boyer, he's a senior now, and he has four goals and one assists for St. Lawrence. Looking at this series, uh, all kinds of possibilities. It's a couple weeks out, uh, so we've got a little while for the team to rest up and hopefully some of those players who are injured heal. What do you think of St. Lawrence coming in here in a couple of weeks? I'm excited to see them. I think it's always nice to see teams from other conferences. You know, that that conference right now is really it's it's Quinnipiac and and then a bunch of others. And, you know, everyone's just chasing, hoping that they can they can make the postseason behind Quinnipiac right now. And and that, you know, motivates a lot of those guys to when they do come out of conference to really make a showing. So I expect St. Lawrence's best effort coming into Baxter Arena on paper. We should beat them like there's just nothing about it. There's the, that team is is a lot of good and, and kind of a lot of great, a lot of what we saw by the Mavs in Cairo College where, you know, they play sound hockey. They're not a bad team. They can beat us. They prove that they can beat Cairo College, like you said. So we have to take this seriously. We can't just kind of sit on our, our heels and just think that, you know, our talent's going to carry us through or that we'll find a way to win. 
because we'll probably be on the bad ends of 5-1 losses, just like our college was. I really expect us to bounce back. I think they'll get a break. Coach will get them back. And that, you know, we lost out an opportunity to be in a solid spot, to be in the top two in the NCHC this weekend because we didn't, we didn't perform. We didn't prepare. We didn't do what we needed to do, you know, we weren't bad, but we weren't great. And, and that's kind of the effort that you get with a, a lukewarm performance. And, and so I'm hoping that they come out and, and they fire it up and they, you know, just try to make a statement game out of, out of the series and, and say, Hey, we're going to put up 10 on St. Lawrence to show that, you know, what happened in Cairo college was just a fluke weekend and, and you and us back and we're going to be a serious contender in the second half of the season. I'm inspired. I'm going to go buy some more streamers, not just to decorate for, uh, you know, New Year's Eve and New Year's Eve Eve, hopefully get to throw a lot of them. Uh, I was a little worried given the St. Lawrence performance against Colorado College and our performance against Colorado College, but uh, hopefully I'll settle down by then. I really think that the team can bounce back um, and come out strong. I think you know, Mike West and company has done such a great job promoting UNO. You know, we've had some some awesome crowds this fall. So I think if we can get, you know, a lot of people in the stands, you know, the, the team certainly feeds off of that energy from the crowd. So I think they'll do pretty well. Should be a great series at, uh, at Baxter Arena for New Year's. Uh, the Friday game starts at 7.07 p.m. And then the Saturday game starts at 8.07 p.m. And that's the New Year's game. I think that this is a series that we should sweep. It's the end of the year. We're having a New Year's celebration after the second game in the series. So I really want to sweep. I'm going to say UNO sweeps this series. We should sweep it. Uh, it that'd be a good kind of tone setter going into the second half of the season. Jolene, what do you think? Sweep, split, we get swept, we tie both games. What do you think? Well, I think the team is going to be disappointed in some of those early non-conference games that we had where we got swept by Niagara, wasn't expected. So I think some of that's going to fuel them. Again, these losses to Colorado College, having the break, seeing how close they were to, you know, being at the top of the conference. So I'm going to go with a sweep as well. What do you think, Bridge? What do you like in this series? Uh, I like Jason's confidence, and I too am going to pick a UNO sweep. So Jason, what do you think? What are you going to pick? Are you going to pick a sobering outcome on this? You said you thought that they should sweep. What do you think is going to happen in this series? I think they should sweep. I think they will sweep. Uh, usually the biggest concern here is coming off of that holiday break where uh, the teams maybe aren't as sharp and and they've had some time at home with family and not at the rink with their teammates. Uh, and that, you know, that will have an effect on Friday's game. Uh, so my biggest concern is Friday's game coming out of that. Uh, but I really think that they're going to have, you know, almost two weeks of the bad taste of that performance in Colorado. I hope this team uses that as motivation and then I think they will. And I think that'll, that'll power us through Friday and then we'll be back on our, our normal course on Saturday. And uh, I just hope that, like I said, in my assessment, I just hope we put up a 10 spot on them and make a statement game. At the dinner with the Mavs, didn't they tell us that they think that this is Parrots weekend as well? You're right, Jolene. We were <laughs> sitting with Camberg and Ty Mueller and I believe that they told us that this is Parents Weekend coming up. 
So now we're 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 all going to have to redo our. Now we're all rethinking our picks. <laughs> I was say, does the Paris weekend, you know, curse play into this the battle now? I'm still picking a sweep. I'm not changing my mind. Thanks for throwing a wrench in the engine, Jolene, so that now there's a certain amount of doubt as to how this series will go based on our historical performance on Parents Weekend. Bridget, Jolene, and I will see you at both games. Jason, the world traveler, will be out at Denver for uh, the Avalanche game. I'll be interested to hear how that goes and what sort of promotions they have on that trip. In the meantime, be sure to follow MavPuck on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find links to our social channels at MavPuck.com, as well as back episodes of this podcast, which we encourage you to listen to. We encourage you to like them. We encourage you to share them, and we encourage you to subscribe. So until next time, go Mavs. Go Mavs. Go Mavs. I messed that up, didn't I? <laughs> you no, Jason. Did I that wrong? I wrote down John, Bridget, Jason, Jolene, but I. <laughs> Sorry. Three, two, one. Go, Matt. Go, Matt. We're never going to get it. That was a really bad pause. <laughs> I mean, There's a really long pause. How about we go right after one? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Three, two, one, go, go Mavs. Mavs. <laughs> Somebody didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, until next time, go Mavs. Go Mavs. Go Mavs. Go Mavs.